Hi everybody, this is Cassandra. Welcome to the Luminous Star Channel. Please check the description box below for the details to today's video. Um, I certainly hope everyone is doing well. Today's video is about the effects of pathological narcissism. Okay, so we're going to be looking at some of the signs of narcissism. All right, so how, how many are actually affected by narcissism? Okay, now this is, of course, a guesstimate. There is one in every 10 people that lacks a consciousness or lacks empathy. According to the Diagnostic uh, Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders, better known as the DSM-5, there are an estimated of 3.3 in the general population for antisocial personality and the prevalence of narcissistic personality disorder is as high as 6%. All right, surviving narcissism. Less than 1% of the general population has narcissistic personality. However, many are facing it while some people rely on drugs and or alcohol to cope with the condition. Now, I'm going to add on to that and say that there are some people who are relying on alcohol and or drugs to cope with the aftermath of having narcissist relationships or the aftermath of pathological narcissism. No judgment here, okay? Because I think a lot of us have had some sort of maladaptive coping skills to deal with it. I know I have, okay? Some people, they rely on alcohol and or substances. Some people rely on food, sex, uh, or other addictions, all right? Again, no judgment. So whichever side of the fence the person is on when it comes to narcissism, you know, this is something that's quite common. Okay, so let's let me move on to the next slide here. Okay, narcissism worldwide. 3.3% of 7.5 billion people, that equates to 247,500,000 people with antisocial personality disorder. Okay, 6% of 7.5 billion Okay, that's 450 million people with narcissistic personality disorder. Okay, so, you know, again, that's a lot of people on the planet that have these types of, uh, who are dealing with pathological narcissism. Okay, whether it's on the workforce or in the workforce or on the home front. Okay, a lot of us on social media, we have been talking about how we have been dealing with the aftermath of narcissistic relationships. Some of us have been talking about seeing signs of narcissism, not only in our personal life, but also in the workforce. Okay. All right. Next slide. Signs of narcissism and close relationships. It is estimated that about five partners of antisocial psychopaths who will be negatively affected by their pathology. So uh, lack of awareness about aftermath of narcissism. There's a lot of awareness. There's not a lot of awareness about narcissistic relationships negatively affects more than about how narcissistic relationships negatively affects more people than depression. Okay. So a lot of people are dealing with narcissistic relationships in the aftermath of pathological narcissism. Okay. But here's the thing. This is, this is bigger than depression. Now, the reason why I point out depression is because especially over the last five years, 
we've been hearing a whole lot about people who have been diagnosed with depression or dealing with depression. You know, mental health is more important than ever. So when it comes down to dealing with pathological narcissism, this is huge. And I think this is also one of the reasons why we're hearing the big buzz on social media about narcissism. And I think it's only going to grow more as time goes on. But I like this because this brings awareness to the public. All right, let's move on. Oop. All right. Lack of public awareness about the aftermath of narcissism. The signs of pathological narcissism are not so apparent while emotional damages tend to grow over time as a result. A lack of public awareness could influence normalcy of, uh, of uh, pathological narcissism or narcissistic relationships. Okay, so I talk a lot about this in my videos here on the Luminous Star channel. It tends to be a normalcy or looking at it as a common occurrence. Narcissism or narcissistic relationships are often look as, looked at as something normal or it just happens or, you know, the phrase comes to mind of, you know, no one's perfect. This is also why people who have gone through the experiences of having a narcissistic partner or people who have been dealing with the aftermath of narcissistic uh, relationships and abuse, they tend to be met with sometimes, unfortunately, indifference by family, friends, or loved ones. Sometimes they're met with a lack of understanding from those that they love and care about, from people who love and care about them. They just don't get it, okay? So it's often said that unless you have gone through it, you're not going to get it. But a lack of public awareness and education can influence that normalcy of or looking at these relationships as normalcy. Narcissistic relationships or narcissistic codependent relationships are not your typical dysfunctional relationships. I've said this very often in my videos here on the Luminous Star channel. The typical dysfunctional relationship does not necessarily consist of people who have narcissistic personality or cluster B personality. Every person that you know of that perhaps has been diagnosed with cluster B personality is not a narcissist. Okay, I've said this several times here on the Luminous Star channel. Every person that has been diagnosed with narcissistic personality, okay, they do have a cluster B personality type. The key word is type. There are four types of cluster B personalities. The borderline personality, the, the antisocial personality, the narcissistic personality, as well as histrionic personality. So those four clusters there consist of your cluster B personality types. But notice I mentioned uh, only one time, narcissist. That's the narcissistic personality. So every person that you know of that's been diagnosed with cluster B personality types or type, they're not a narcissist necessarily, not all of them. Only narcissists, who have all the, only those who have a narcissistic personality have that narcissistic trait that could be maligning. Those individuals lack empathy to the, well, I mean, it's just to the point where they don't have any feeling for anyone, okay? They don't, they just, it's just not there. They don't desire the connection. 
They don't take any steps to connect to anyone. That's a lack of empathy. Those individuals who at least desire to have the connection, yet they may find it difficult to do so, they are not narcissists. Okay, there are people misconstrue this. It is very imperative that a person find out what a cluster B personality type or cluster B personality types are. It could be signs of dysfunction in a relationship, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a narcissist that we're involved with. This is why I go right back to what I was saying. The narcissistic relationship, the narcissist relationship is not your typical dysfunctional relationship because there may not be a narcissist or cluster B personality type involved at all. It may be someone who is showing signs of dysfunction. Okay. And, that, and that's it. They may not be able to relate to other people very well. So they may be abusing other people's energies. They may be abusing themselves, drugs and alcohol, for instance, they may have other addictions. That's your typical dysfunctional relationship. But when it comes down to narcissist relationship, they're not uh, difficult. I mean, pardon me, when it comes down to narcissist relationships, they are not your typical dysfunctional relationship. All right, let's move on. These are the references and or resources. Please check them in the description box below. And I certainly hope everyone has enjoyed this video, but uh, I just wanted to point out a lot of things because the thing about, and I wanna leave everybody with this, the thing about narcissist relationships is that there are often signs of codependency that are very subtle. So I, from my personal experience, I have seen signs of codependency in a couple of relationships that I had long ago with those that I am saying look like they have signs of a cluster B personality type. Okay, so um, I'm not aware of these people, if they have been diagnosed or not, but from my research and from that research, I have compared to my own experiences what I have concluded is that there's at least two people that I have been involved with in my past that showed signs of cluster B personality type. Okay, now am I diagnosing them with a narcissist personality? Absolutely not. And I have never done that here on the Luminous Star channel. Okay, I've never done that because I learned that it's just not going to help me heal. It's not going to help me thrive forward. If anything, what helped me was to look in the mirror. What helped me was to look at myself and say, okay, yeah, I remember doing such and such, and this is why I did such and such. And without judging myself, I realized that other people may judge me, but when I judge myself, I'm not helping myself. In other words, I'm just coping, and it's not necessarily a healthy way to cope. There are emotional damages that are often not seen until it's too late. It's very hard to detect signs of codependency in a narcissist relationship until it's too late. Very often people who are gone, you know, they have moved forward, they have left the relationship or the narcissist has discarded and has left the relationship that very often people then begin to wake up and see how damaging uh, or the psychological as well as the emotional damages that have occurred due to being in that relationship. Okay, so this is what happened with me. It wasn't until after the relationships were over, okay, or when I was no longer in it, that I realized, wait a minute, there are signs here that I'm looking at, and it looks like narcissist, you know, relationship. It looks like narcissistic behavior or narcissistic traits. But like I was saying before, 
the emotional and psychological damages are often not apparent until it's too late. But when it comes down to the uh, codependency that I was talking about, they're very subtle signs. Okay, so this is what's so hideous about narcissism, a narcissist relationships, especially when there's covert narcissism. And that is, is the secret within the secret. The secret is you are being uh, treated a particular way by, say, a narcissist or someone who may have a cluster B personality type and they may or may not have been diagnosed, but they're not getting the help or they're not managing that. Okay. So here's the deal. Whenever you're involved and you are, your, your overall health is being compromised at that time. Okay. So you're involved perhaps for years. That's going to be some damage there that must be repaired. That must, you have to, this is why I say it, the support base is very important. You're going to have to go see somebody about that. Okay. And this is not to say that you're a bad person. Not at all. This is not to say that you're crazy. One of the things that I think is very helpful is to look at the experiences you had with narcissism and say, okay, that was crazy. That experiences, those experiences were crazy or that was a crazy experience. I'm not crazy. That's crazy. Very often, narcissists will try to gaslight individuals into believing and thinking of themselves as the narcissist sees them. So they may tend to question their reality as well as their sanity, as well as their identity. They often have an identity crisis. Someone who's involved with a narcissist for a long period of time, they may not really know who they are or they have lost a sense of themselves. But these are some of the psychological damages that I was talking about, the emotional damages. Some people may not feel like they will have the confidence or the desire to continue to have uh, relationships with a lot of people, but the desire to have the connection with people may remain. Okay. I want to make that very clear. Some people who are involved with narcissists, their desire for the connection does not disappear. This is what narcissists actually don't have. They don't have the desire to connect to anyone. They don't value the connection. They don't even value a positive relationship. They don't do positive relationships. They often knock down personal boundaries first in a relationship because they want to what? Control or dominate the relationship. To obtain narcissistic supply is the narcissist's number one objective by any means and at all costs. They often don't look at the cost of what their behavior is. They often are busy salivating over the, over the rewards or what they think they're going to get from the relationship. So the emotional and psychological damages are very real. Very often after people are, you know, coming out of these relationships, they're going to have to see someone about mental health. Okay. Emotional health too, overall health, but definitely the mental health is something that a person is going to have to attend to. And that is my first tool mental health. Okay. Support base. Make sure you have a support base. It doesn't have to necessarily only consist of going to a counselor, but I am an advocate of that. If you are going to a counseling, if you're going to a group, all right, I've done both, right? If it works, 
fantastic. If you don't, if that doesn't work for you, okay. There are other ways that you can maintain a support base in order to continue to thrive forward. There's a lot of constructive things you can do, okay, such as incorporating a healthy lifestyle. Food is mood. That is the second tool. Consider incorporating a healthy lifestyle. Food is mood, okay? When you are consuming food, right, we all have an energy body. So how does your body process energy? The narcissist, they're there tapping into your energy field, extracting the source supply or the source that they want, right? Or the whatever, whatever outcome they want from the relationship. They're busy doing that. But what does this do to you? Your energy body is often drained after such experiences. So how does your body or how does your energy body process energy? So when you're consuming some sort of uh, food or beverage, right? It's going to take effect on your body. It's going to affect your mental, your emotional, and it's going to um, also affect your physical. Are you tired after you eat? Are you slouched or, or sluggish, okay, after you consume a particular beverage or drink a beverage? It, this is something to think about. So incorporate a health or consider incorporating a healthy lifestyle. This is something that's going to be very helpful because you want to be, you want to be at your best, especially when you are involved with a narcissist, because they're going to be busy trying to get what they can get out of you. So protect your energy body. Okay. That's the best that you can do. Perhaps you can't leave that relationship. Okay. You can't physically just, you know, leave. But there's a lot of things you can do to detach. That's tool number three, value detachment or learn how to detach, learn when to detach from narcissist relationships. This is not about demonizing anybody. This is not about you demonizing yourself. This is about learning that perhaps your personality type or structure does not link to or connect to or resonate with that of a narcissist or those who have custody personality types. Does this mean you cannot love him or her or they cannot actually care in, about something? No, no, it doesn't mean that. Not, but keep in mind, narcissists tend to lack empathy. Okay, so you may not have that issue. So again, tool number three, learn how to detach, learn when to detach. When is it time to detach? When your health is compromised, okay? When it seems like you cannot function in life, this is probably the time to consider learning how and when to detach. How do you detach? Well, you start to ask yourself some critical questions such as, what is the purpose of the relationship with the narcissist? This is one critical question that I used to ask myself quite a bit. I journaled it several times. What is the purpose of the relationship? In my case, it was a cluster personality type. Okay, so what is the purpose of the relationship with narcissists? Or what is the purpose of a narcissist relationship? Translation, what are you really getting out of it? Does it seem to enhance the quality of your life or does it leave you drained? Like your energy body, does it leave you drained? Does it leave you feeling like you cannot do anything in the world? Does it really, does it leave you feeling like um, maybe you don't contribute to the world? 
you lack goals, you lack objectives. You're not creating projects for yourself. You don't even have the energy to do it. Is this what the narcissist relationship is? How is that how it's affecting you? So again, you know, when it comes down to how to detach, one of the ways, another way to do that is to learn how to manage your expectations. Learn how to manage your expectations of the narcissist, of the narcissist relationship, as well as yourself. Got to manage those expectations. You're not going to change the narcissist. Okay. So when we start getting into that dance of change and control, it can leave us, you know, feeling pretty, you know, beat. It can feel, it can often feel like we've been cheated. It can often feel like we've been violated. It can often have us feeling drained. Okay. So when we start having that dance of, dance of the dance of control and change, what does that look like? When the narcissist is busy attempting to control you, but you may be attempting to try to change him or her. You want them to treat you better. So you may bargain. You may put up with certain shenanigans for a long period of time. So this is maybe your attempt to unconsciously change him or her while they may be consciously or unconsciously attempting to control you for the source supply. So that dance of change and control can be very, you know, like I said, it can be devastating. It can leave people feeling violated, angry, had, played, you know, it can leave them feeling cheated. So watch out for that. So I certainly hope this video has been very helpful. Check the description box below. And again, make sure that you're looking at these three tools right here and you don't have to do them all, right? I practice all three of these, but I practice so many tools, right? But hopefully that these tools right here that you apply, you will start to see some results. Again, I'm Cassandra. Take care of yourself. And until next time, stay tuned for more videos and stay tuned for more vlogs as well as podcast episodes. Actually, on that note, friendly reminder, there is a podcast, a Luminous Star podcast that has episodes coming out every week. Okay, so I'm going to leave that link down there for you to take a listen. Don't forget to look at the videos that I wear as I talk about um, children who have been dealing with narcissistic parents, as well as those who have been dealing with those narcissists who may have alcohol and or substance issues. Okay, I did those two videos a few years ago. So check those out. And until next time, see you later.